I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today I will be speaking with Fox Rehabilitation patient. Yes, not Fox Rehabilitation clinician, but Fox Rehabilitation patient, Ron Ellis. So I'm going to play you that interview in a bit. And as you'll hear, when I'm interviewing Ron, I say, Ron, you're the first patient on our podcast. Now, that was true when we were recording it, but there's an asterisk. Because earlier this year, during Aphasia Awareness Month, we put out a podcast with Fox Rehabilitation's Maureen Colkett and her patient, Sally Clark. So who was the first? Was it Ron, whose interview came first? Or was it Sally, whose episode aired first? Who gets the golden plaque in our podcast office? Sally or Ron? And not to confuse you any further, but I recently did an interview with another patient of a Fox clinician. There you go. I just wanted to clear that up. Because, you know, I don't want Sally to be listening and say, whoa, Jim, I, I was a patient. My, my episode aired first. So, Sally, if you are listening, first of all, hello. Great episode we did together. But Ron's interview happened before our interview. And this is a cool episode of the podcast because I thought it would be neat to see what it was like to hear the perspective of a Fox Rehabilitation patient. So Ron has been treated by multiple Fox clinicians. And then I said, hey, Ron, tell me a little bit about yourself. And then the podcast goes off into a a totally different direction. And I don't want to spoil too much, but Ron's story is amazing. And then I'm sure there's like a text blurb with this podcast. So you probably know some of it. Long story short, Ron worked for NASA and then he got into filmmaking and he won an Oscar. So this is a can't miss episode of Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. So before I play you the interview between me and Ron Ellis... Just a little programming note, next week on the Live Better Longer podcast, I will be joined by the PT legend herself, Dr. Carol B. Lewis. And she will be joined by Fox Rehabilitation physical therapist, Aaron Baldridge. And we're going to talk about their upcoming webinar, Decrease Your Workload and Still Give Great Care. It's a live interactive webinar happening December 9th 
12 to 3 p.m. East. If you're keeping score at home, that is a Saturday, so hopefully you're not working. So if you would like to attend, go to greatseminarsandbooks.com. And if you would like to save $10, use the code WEBINAR10. That is WEBINAR10. And for this webinar, once again, titled Decrease Your Workload and Still Give Great Care, hosted by Dr. Carol B. Lewis and Dr. Aaron Baldridge, you will get three contact hours. There you go. So uh, Carol and Aaron will join us next week on the podcast, one day before Thanksgiving. And (laughs) Carol and I were emailing back and forth. And the goal is to really sell the webinar without giving too much away. She's like, Jim, what if we just, what if I just join you for 10 minutes? And I said, well, like if you're gonna be on the podcast, you gotta be on longer than 10 minutes. I said, how about we we talk about the webinar for 10 minutes and we can talk about other things. But I promise, I promise Carol that I won't give too much away. And she said, okay. So that is next week on the Live Better Longer podcast. This week on the Live Better Longer podcast, I'm going to play you the interview that I conducted with Fox Rehabilitation patient Ron Ellis, and I'm going to do that right now. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, and I am now joined by Fox Rehabilitation patient Ron Ellis. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Do you know, Ron, you are the first ever Fox patient to appear on the Live Better Longer podcast? Well, well, so that's, I guess that's an honor. (laughs) You're making history today. All right. (laughs) Because we've had doctors, we've had clinicians, we've had authors. We've had highly acclaimed people in the healthcare space, but first time we've ever had a Fox Rehabilitation patient, so I'm happy to have you, Ron. All right. All right. Glad glad to be of help. I can be. (laughs) So let's get underway. First of all, we're kind of neighbors, although we're we're separated probably by 12 or 13 miles because I'm uptown, you're downtown. But Ron, you live in New York City, correct? Correct, right. All right. So how did you first hear of Fox Rehabilitation? Well, I had a couple of problems that I didn't understand, which was I was falling and it didn't seem normal. I didn't, I thought I was tripping, you know, like when I'm gonna go up on a curb Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I would be flying horizontally. And, uh, and that happened two or three times over about a period of a year. But I never felt my foot trip on the curb. I couldn't figure it out. So I went to various doctors. I went to neurologists, cardiologists, and things, uh, you know, at the different hospitals that I had to offer. And after looking into all of that, they um, decided the problem was I, I was dehydrated. <laughs> when you go up, like when you step up on a curb or when you just make a sudden rise, it seems that the blood pressure dropped. And I would, like, without realizing it, I would faint, you know, just for a split second, I guess. And so when I was going horizontal, it wasn't because I was tripping. It was because I was fainting. Wow. And that would happen happen when you would lift your foot 
to get up on a curb. Yeah. Wow. I, when I would make a sudden rise. Right. You know, it didn't take, didn't take much. So um, there was a, a neurologist, Jen, oh, I can't remember her name right now. You got the first name right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you know who it is? I don't. I don't. But you got Dr. Jen. Yeah. And she, it was a woman. And she uh, did a lot of testing on me, including other people. And she came up with the idea that I wasn't strong enough. And she asked me how much exercise I did. And I said, uh, uh, zero. <laughs> and... <laughs> What's the big hospital in New York? It's, um, Mount Sinai. Sinai. Yeah, my, I was going to Mount Sinai, and she said she, she it would be better if I had somebody coming to my house, and that she had known about Fox, and I I, I had never heard about it. All right. So all right for Doctor Jen. Yeah, she's the one who 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 turned me on to it. That's pretty much it. And uh, was Jackie the first Fox no, clinician to no, treat no, you? No, 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 no. It was. Um, oh, it's prior to Jackie. Rosie. Rosie was before Jackie. Oh, wait. Did you have Rosie Sheehan? Yes. Oh, she's a Fox rehabilitation superstar. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I got to work with her. Nice. And there was another OT that came. I can't think of a name right now. She went off to teach uh, younger children or something. This one I'm talking about. Gosh, I can't remember her name right now. Well, you know what? But, uh, Jackie what? Jackie couldn't remember either. Because she said, Ron had OT, but I can't remember the name of the occupational uh, therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the, this first one was this uh, one I can't remember. Uh, and, and she was very good. And uh, she left me with a uh, list of things I should do on my own which, of course, I didn't do as much of. <laughs> but that's what that's the benefit of having somebody come, because then you, you can't cheat. <laughs> that's right. They're making you it's, accountable. So, yeah, yeah. Ron, right off the bat, was it suggested that you get physical therapy or both physical and occupational therapy? Both. Both, okay. The exercises were um, seemingly... Not very strong, I would think. You know, like you raise your legs sideways and you do this. You know, I said, "Oh, what's that going to do?" <laughs> but I was wrong. Uh, the, those small amounts—they seem small, but they were working on muscles. I guess that I wasn't aware of, and it wasn't long before I noticed that my. Besides uh, falling, I also had a, a balance issue. I had difficulty walking. You know, because uh, sort of a balance. I, even before I started falling, I had um, difficulty walking. I don't know how to explain what I mean by difficulty, but it was. Uh, no, you know, it was Ron, like, was that tied into you being dehydrated, or was that something else? The balance issue. I, I think it's something else. Just the, the dehydrated is what caused everybody to see I, I had a problem, and uh, yeah, no, the balance was not tied into dehydrating. Okay. People from Fox have been working on both. Um, well, the dehydration, and nobody can work on that but me. I just drink a lot of water now. <laughs> and, that, and that helped. I, I, I never had that issue again. Well, that's but good. Still, did your clinicians, did Rosie tell you to drink more water? Yeah, everybody would tell me to drink water. That seemed to be a standard uh, thing. Okay. I, I always heard that even since I was younger, and I never would do it. Um, <laughs> So, Ron, you said that you sensed a change, that you were doing these small little exercises and you questioned why you were doing it. But then you're like, wait a second, this does work. So when did you realize that, 
that your therapy was making a difference? You know, maybe after three weeks or something. Okay. Um, maybe maybe a month. And I know when I would go out and walk, uh, I, I was doing better. And uh, I, I did notice a change. And did you did you communicate that to your clinician, to Rosie oh, yes. or the occupational therapist? Yes, uh, I would complain that they weren't pushing me hard enough, <laughs> and uh, you know they, they didn't let me overpower them. So they uh, told me to take you know take it easy, and uh, occasionally they would give me a little bit more than they were going to give me just to see, and a combination of both. Yeah, but I did tell them because I would complain to them. But this doesn't seem like you know. I looked at my legs, so I was big deal. <laughs> and uh, and then maybe three weeks later, I told them I noticed the difference when I'm walking now. How, but how did that feel when you went outside in New York City? You're crossing a street and you were able to lift your foot on a curb without passing out. Uh-huh. It was just you know it's, it was the way it should be. And, uh, yeah, but, but and when it also made me realize that these exercises were working. Well, that's great that you got a buy-in because at first you were questioning it and then you said, wow, these exercises are working. So yes. are you also currently being treated for shoulder pain? I do have a uh, shoulder that comes out of the socket every now and then. That's been going on for years. Uh, I'm not exactly being treated for it, but I have to, when we have exercises that involve my putting my arm up over my head, I have to warn them that this is a problem for me. I have to be careful when I do it. Uh, they're not necessarily treating me for that, although they might be giving me some strengthening exercises that, that help strengthen my shoulder. Jackie emailed me, Jackie Loeschel. Uh-huh. What did you and Jackie work on together? Do you remember? We worked on a lot of things, but the mainly uh, what I did with Jackie was, uh, it was um, that's when we decided that it might be good if I had uh, a cane. And so uh, she would go out with me outside, you know, kind of instruct me how to use, I, I, instead of a cane, because I think a cane makes me look like I'm an old man. <laughs> and uh, so I got like one of these these hiking sticks. Okay. Or the poles. Yeah. And uh, so I got two of them, but she thought I was doing better with just one. So I would go out with her on the street and we would walk up to the corner and down this place and down our place and over curbs and, you know, show me how to use the cane when I'm stepping up a, a step or going down. Um, we did a lot of that. She did work on me other things too. Uh, I mean, standard things like I think everybody I've had, had uh, always had like sit to stand type exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm sure she did that too. She noticed also when I was uh, walking that I didn't keep my knee straight. I always had a little bend in my knee. So she started giving me exercises calling the uh, hamstring stretch. Mm-hmm. That would uh, strengthen the muscle, I guess, that helps me strength- straighten my knees out. But I remember, mostly I remember walk, uh, being out with her, watching my walking and telling me whether I'm I'm scuffing my feet or, you know, the, come down on my heel. She helped you get your technique down? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We are, for sure. Because I don't think a lot of people understand, in New York City, it's mostly walking. Yeah. Do you remember any conversations you had with Jackie? Because 
Jackie emailed me out of the blue and she said, you got to have Ron on a podcast. So I, w- I was just uh-huh. wondering how you and Jackie developed this connection to the point where she was emailing me saying Ron would be great for this podcast. Well, I guess I was kind of honest about things with her. I would ask questions like, you know, if she gave me some exercise to do, I wanted to know why. What did that do? Uh, you know, maybe some people just did whatever they were told without <laughs> understanding it. I was always curiously asking, well, what's this do? And how does this do that? And why is this happening? And, um, you know, like, for instance, um, some, some bal- balancing exercises tend to give you exercises where you sort of lose your balance a little and then and then you and then you correct yourself so i would say well i don't understand why why is that a good uh, exercise for balance she says so she explained to me because when you if i gave you an exercise that didn't cause you to lose your balance a little then then your body would learn nothing from it but when you when your body has to kind of correct itself because you're almost fell or you know almost lost your balance then your body is is learning so i would ask her questions like that which she said not too many people even bother they just do what she says (laughs) no i like that you questioned her now did she give you did she ever give you an answer that you didn't agree with no okay (laughs) no no she 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 knows this stuff nice ron i'm curious tell me a little bit about yourself what do you do? What do you like? How long have you been in New York City? Oh, I was born in New York City. And oh. I was born in Brooklyn. Actually. Oh, all right. Wait, where in Brooklyn? You're around Park Slope. Okay. My father, uh, you know, there's the zoo in Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you familiar with Brooklyn? A little bit, yeah. Well, my father used to be the head keeper of the zoo in Prospect Park. <laughs> so I had a lot of animals in my life. You know, I've got too many stories to tell. I don't know what you want to hear. <laughs> I had, I guess the biggest, uh, the first big thing I did in my life was I went to college and became an electronic engineer. Okay. I uh, worked for a company that uh, built some stuff for NASA. Oh, wow. I was involved with the equipment that the astronauts would measure their heartbeat and, uh, you know, uh, bodily functions while they're in space and they had to have pasties on their bodies and they hated that (laughs) and so when they landed on the moon there were two guys down on the moon and one guy up above and floating around to pick them up when they came back from the moon and so the guys on the moon would have those equipment with them you know they can take them off when they when they wanted to but uh, so they didn't have the pasties on them all the time when they were coming back after they went up and joined the guy and they were on their way back to earth, the uh, mission control asked them to put their, uh, you know, stuff on because we wanted to make some measurements. And these guys were like, they hated that stuff. And they were the uh, test pilots from the old, they referred to them as the right stuff. Mm-hmm. They made a movie. But. <laughs> and these guys, so when they asked them to put the pasties on uh, when they were coming back, they said, oh, my God, we forgot them. They're still there on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, you know, they did that on purpose. Of course. But <laughs> I can say now that there's something on the moon that I worked on. That I mean, that's amazing. You were part of moon travel. How many people can say yes, that? Yes. Yeah. 
So, but but I can point to the moon and say there's something on that moon right now that I I, I was involved in designing. Yes. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I got many amazing things. Okay, that's one. <laughs> number number two is uh, later on in, in my life. Uh, one of my hobbies was um, photography and making films. Okay. And uh, and I decided to get into it a little bit more, and I went to. Uh, ucla film school uh, i was in california by this time and and anyway so i made some short films and i won an oscar for a, a short film wait, that I made. wait what's the name of it well the name of the film is b-o-a-r-d board and care board and care yeah i don't care for that title but i couldn't come up with anything else <laughs> and um it's a love story between two people with down syndrome played by real people with down syndrome and, and my sister had Down syndrome, and when it won the Oscar, I brought her up on a stage and, and gave her the Oscar in front of the, the world. What, so that what was, year was this, Ron? Uh, it was uh, 1980. It's the best film of 79, but the, the Oscar performance was in 80 in some, the early part of 80. So it won Oscar for best short live-action film? Yeah, correct. That's the exact uh, name of the, wow. the Oscar, live-action right? They used to call it dramatic, but then they changed it to live action. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought I was getting the first patient on the Live Better Longer podcast. Little did I know that it was someone who was responsible for moon travel and won an Oscar. Yeah, I don't know if I shared this with all the PTs. I think eventually I did because I have the Oscar here. And when I would come to the house sometime, I brought them in the room. I said, look, you want, you want to see something? And I don't know if I did that with everybody, but I think I did. Um, I, I didn't say it right away, but after that, I got to know them for a while and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to interfere with what we were doing by getting into that. But eventually when I felt we were, had a good relationship, I would show them the Oscar. And then Ron, when uh, did you, when did you come back to New York city? Probably in the late eighties, close to 1990. And then did you do any film work when you came back to New York city? Um, yes, yes, small, yeah, no, I never did a major, you know, Hollywood film. When I won the Oscar, I, 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 there was this potential of having a so-called Hollywood career. And, uh, and I did get an agent, uh, two things. And, but what, once I got into that world, I realized this is not what I want to do. It's a horrible world. I only wanted to make films that meant something to me, you know, yep. that like, uh, cause my sister had Down syndrome and mm -hmm. I wanted to show the world that she's a normal person. And, uh, I didn't, I just didn't want to make a, you know, any stupid film that they wanted me to make. Which they, you know, they offered me. Well, why don't you make this film? I said, oh, yeah, I'm not interested in that film. And so, I, it, uh, you know, plus there's a lot of um, people cheating on you. Uh, uh, you know, trying to get your work. Uh, people put everybody, put other people down because they. Um, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. And they, if they don't want one director, may not want me to have a job because then he could get it. You know. No, I hear you. And they and they they really say bad things about everybody, and I was having some of that being done to me right away. Yeah, I really wasn't looking for a career when I started the film. Film was my like my hobby, and I never thought of it as a career until I won the Oscar. And then I thought, oh, I guess this is a career. But it, it, it turns out it wasn't the kind of career I wanted to be involved in. Okay, and then when you came back to New York City, what did you end up doing? I wound up working for the city of New York 
in a, in a department that creates exams and tests for people who want jobs in the city. Okay. Or, or people who wanted promotions in the city that already have jobs. And the reason they wanted me is because I because most of the jobs that they were looking for uh, somebody to write exams on were technical jobs. And since I had a, a degree in engineering, uh, that qualified me for what they were looking for. So I was I was helping them, you know, write uh, write exams. And so they so eventually, since I made films, eventually they said, when we want to train an an instructor, that instructor has to learn how you know what how to do it. So I said, well, why don't I film the process, and then you could show that to the next guy. You don't have to have the old guy telling the new guy. So I wound up doing two things. I wound up <laughs> making films and right. also uh, doing the technical exam thing. You kind of ended up back in film. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if this is appropriate. The, uh, the, um, one of the things I did when I, when I, you know, after I won the Oscar was, uh, do, do you remember Larry Flint? Yes. And uh, he was running for president. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but uh, he wanted to run for president. He was put in his bid, and the co- and the company that he you know owns, and, um, somebody there knew me or knew of me, and said, "Why don't we get him to make a documentary film about Larry Flint? Because Larry Flint has pretty bad reputation. Maybe he can make him look better." So I actually, you know, they paid me a lot of money. I actually was working on a documentary about Larry Flint. <laughs> Whenever there was something going on, I would get involved in it. Going down to Kentucky where he went to school when he was a child, Hillbilly Hollers, and, uh, and sometimes there would be a meeting up at his mansion in Beverly Hills. And then the people who are going to be in his cabinet, he had selected people. And he had selected... Uh, Russell Means, he had Russell Means was going to be like his vice president. And uh, and uh, another person who's going to be his secretary of state was uh, Timothy Leary. Do you know who Timothy Leary is? He's an actor, right? No, Timothy Leary is the guy that started the uh, LSD thing. Oh. <laughs> Larry Flynn was going to have a meeting in the big conference room in, in his uh, mansion. So uh, I'm sitting outside on a couch. And uh, Timothy Leary sits next to me. I kind of recognize him. wasn't sure if that's who it was, but he. And and now this may not be a good thing to say, but <laughs> so he pulled out a, um, a, a you know a joint, a marijuana joint. Right. He, he stuck. He started smoking himself, and he he handed it to me. So I said, "All right, the hell, I'll take a puff," and I handed <laughs> it back to him. Now again, just like the thing where. In the um, astronauts, where I can say I got something on the moon, but that was because it was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to still be there. You know? right. In the same way, I, I can say something that is the number th- my third big accomplishment, <laughs> which is sort of a joke, is, um, and it sounds like it's more than it really was, I can say I got stoned with Timothy Leary. <laughs> <laughs> but you never... You never got Larry Flint elected as president. Uh, they eventually stopped him from running for president because <laughs> they, you know, he, well, he was telling too many stories about, he happens to know a lot of people. Um, and, uh, well, he, he, he gave them reason to, uh, he was, he was kind of a nut. He, he, he had to go to, uh, 
uh, caught for something for something else that he did. Not a big deal. But when he was in court, he cursed the judge. <laughs> and then they used that as an excuse to send him to prison for just the amount of time that until the the election was over. It wasn't in the stars for Larry Flint to become president. I don't think it would have been a good idea either, but I don't know. <laughs> so that's why that that didn't ever happen. But but still, it gave me that uh, that uh, it was kind of interesting to be involved in all that. That's why I love New York City because you could run into someone and they could have wonderful stories just like this. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so before you go, Ron, I, I ask this yeah. to everyone in New York City, just because I love food. What's your favorite restaurant? Uh, in the East Village, I go to uh, Veselka, which is a Ukrainian restaurant. Yeah, I know the owner and everybody, and the food is great, and uh, it's a pretty good restaurant. So it's my favorite because it's right across the street. I go there often. <laughs> All right. Um, if one, how about one that's not right across the street? There's one on 2nd Avenue, uh, a little bit further up around 10th to 11th Street, called um, Cassio e Pepe. It's an Italian restaurant. And Cassio e Pepe means cheese and pepper. Yeah. Or yeah, I think that's what it means. And uh, I, I, yeah, I like that place a lot. The, the food is good quality. It's a small place. It's not crowd, you know, not too big. And uh, yeah, the food is really great, and the, and the, the help is uh, very friendly, and it's not too far from where I live. Nice. Well, Ron, thank you for the time today. I appreciate it. I hope I didn't mess it up by no. telling you I, I smoked a joint with Timothy Leary. <laughs> Okey doke. <laughs> but oh, hey, but right. like your Fox clinicians tell you, you got to do those exercises in between treatments. All right. <laughs> I'll do it. (laughs) So for Ron Ellis, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yens later.